Sajna tear duare aai kendi Kendi me kendi Go fuck yourself Go fuck yourself Sajna fuck yourself Ya baat hai beta kya keh rahe mashallah You want marry my daughter Or me <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Bafta Ross Ball Derenadev by the Balad. Oh wait, seems like my beaky is stuck on my keyboard. <laughs> What a terrible fucking joke. Welcome to the Bafta Ross Ball Derenadev with me, Jalal Kaisir. You were listening to the theme song that I recorded for the new Maya Saeed film. Unfortunately, he rejected it on the grounds of vulgarity. He said it isn't vulgar enough. <laughs> an even worse joke than the first one <laughs> hey guys uh welcome to an episode after a long mid-season hiatus the truth of it is that there's been so much going on in pakistan and in my life that i wanted to address which is why i decided not to address it at all a lot of us learn to defend our positions before we learn what our positions are and even more than that i've just been getting around to a lot of personal flaws i've been being an idiot for quite a while now and i can only hope that it changes because you know change is hard to go through and this is why i always say you have to get out of your own way because the more that you live your life mindfully for example the more that you break out of the loop even if just mentally i don't mean achieving and becoming a go-getter i just mean realizing the nature of the thing which is the first step in everything i've read so many things for example on a lot of neurotic behaviors that we do as human beings such as being caught up in procrastination and a lot of these things if you understand how they work you'll stop doing them so the more that you live your life mindfully the more that you break out of this strange loop you realize that you know someone's going to go fuck up my day in a while it's probably for the best that i don't do it myself something's going to make me angry definitely some righteous thing so i should is this thing worth it right now I'm definitely going to be late in traffic. So shouldn't I be doing my best at home? You have to realize that you're not the only one. I'm not the only one. It's a very stupid way to live your life based on any assumptions. Uh, I was reading this book called What the Hell Did I Just Read? Which is part three in a trilogy of a book called John Dies at the End. I would recommend these books to everyone, especially people who uh, like me. <laughs> especially people who like me. <laughs> no, especially people who like me are sort of uh, drawn towards things that are serious and semi-serious and kind of sacrilegious at the same time. Uh, facetious kind of uh, you you really like it John dies at the end by David Wong so I was reading the third book and it said there was a line in it that said past experiences only taught us not to rely on past experience which was said kind of in a funny way in the book but that's 
pretty accurate i'd say but the one thing that that makes you realize is that nothing always happens we have such weird assumptions about these things we say oh i'm not very good at love oh people always disappoint me there is such a bigger world out there than whatever is happening in your brain and your mind isn't the limited thing that it feels like it is because your mind grows to fit in whatever it needs to bring in the more that you will expand yourself the more knowledge that you will have the more experiences that you will have the better your chances of happiness of wisdom of love of being contented of living a life that doesn't feel short enough of having meaningful relationships the more your chances for all of these things and of course it's possible i've been listening to a podcast called invisibilia which kind of is presented in a very light way but it takes these very serious stories and they're insane the points that they raise are it all starts with one question there's one called the pattern problem and it says do we generally follow a set pattern in life or do we go off in surprising trajectories and ways and there's insane stories there's there's a, this is this particularly is the story of two lawyers who both come from criminal backgrounds and one of them wrote a book after robbing six banks and in jail he started studying law and he became like a pretty good lawyer and then he advocated for a woman whose parents were crack addicts who was raped multiple times as a child who grew up to be raped and then left it all behind and started a family and married a guy and her child brought love and happiness into her life until the stress began again and she started fighting with her husband again and she left her kids and went and lived with like another boyfriend and then again got raped and then again fell into that same previous pattern and started selling drugs and uh had the guy who raped her beaten up and ended up in jail so the redemption story if you say this to someone a lot of us would kind of see it as like yeah well you know that makes sense people don't really change and then in prison she <laughs> thought wait why the fuck did i just go and do that again oh that makes sense because of patterns because of the predictability of falling back because of the reliability of predictability and she said no i have to do better this time and so she started again and she doubled down and she started studying law because somebody told her the story of that first guy and she was determined to prove herself and she went and passed her exams and everything went well until the character examination uh, part failed her they said no of course not look at your life look at how easily you let everything go after getting it with such hardship 
Look at how easily you let your shard go after building it up for so long. You know what they say like, it takes a day to destroy what took a hundred years to build. And she appealed it with the help of that first man. And she is now a law school graduate. And she is one of the most inspiring people and her life is back on track. For us, this story ends in our minds. The story ends where she left her kids again because that's what we think is going to happen. That's what we're primed to believe through films and dramas and Bojack Horseman bullshit. And this is generally how we want to feel because it's easier to fail. Like I said, it's it's hard to change. But I must add a caveat that a kind of uh, axiom that I want to kind of bring into this discussion that Robin Sharma said, all change is hard at first, messy in the middle, and so gorgeous at the end. So with that in mind, it's weird to kind of let ourselves be boxed in by our own minds, by our own limiting self-beliefs. This is just an example. I mean to say that this happened in the world, yet there are very few people who would have come across it because we take the first few signs and we run with it. And I believe that this is kind of in our nature as people of Pakistan. I feel like there's a lot of, well, I told you so. Well, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> it's it's kind of a defeatism, which maybe comes from the fact that we're the descendants of a enslaved people. And in many ways, we're still enslaved, but that's a very pretentious thing to say. But whatever it is, yeah, it, um, Whatever it is, you're not the only one. And I'm not the only one. And the world is ever-expanding. New opportunities, things that have never happened before are probably happening somewhere on this day. They're probably weird sex things, but they're happening nonetheless. <laughs> the more that you will put yourself out there, the more you will be thankful for the fact that you did. Because the more that things will grow for you and really there's no downside to being bigger and bigger and bigger. We like to say all of these kind of weird things like, Oh, the harder you fall, the steeper the fall. You can kind of argue with all of these things, you know. I, <laughs> I would much rather be falling from like 40 stories. Maybe I can grab something on the way, you know. Maybe by the time I fall, there will be people who will have noticed. Maybe it's easier to spot someone falling from that far above than to, you know, the fucking fall out of your bedroom window and just hit your head on a rock and fucking die. So many, so many things that we tell ourselves to comfort ourselves, but that comfort is so weird. It's kind of like when you're, have I said this before? Because I always think this, it's kind of like a lazy afternoon where your butt hurts 
and you just you 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 get a migraine at the end of it you're like oh fuck i kind of wasted this day it was comfortable as shit you didn't take off your pajamas once but you wish you had you know you wish you talked to someone you wish you tried people sometimes message me and uh they want a specific thing on the podcast and i remember this person who said you should do an episode on depression this whole podcast is kind of about depression it's kind of about a hundred things and depression is one of them uh i hope it doesn't make you uncomfortable because it's one of the ever present realities of our lives that is only now beginning to come up on the surface something that i've said before when people say oh there were no documented cases of adhd before a certain year though yeah mount like mount everest and mount fuji and all these shit wasn't discovered before doesn't mean that the fucking mountain didn't exist osita when we talk about depression one thing that always gets me is and one of of course uh one of the like albert camus said in his book the myth of sisyphus there is but one truly serious philosophical problem and that is suicide and it doesn't even have to do everything with depression suicide can be without depression um i think in pakistan we do assume that it is without depression people to yaar aisa bhi kya ho gaya tha shaadi nahi ho rahi thi to usme khudkushi karne ki kya baat thi without realizing that of course there is a chain of reaction but whatever my point being one thing that always gets me is just how many like all all you know if you had to generalize you would say all but let's for the let's say almost all survivors always say that the second they were falling they're like ah oh, fuck this is so final oh I, oh no i don't know what i expected i am dying now of course we can't get to that point on our own because we're trapped in the negative self feedback loop you know if you play feedback on like a guitar and then you put a mic up to it you know this you know when the mic me was wali was at the and everybody is like awkward for 3 seconds and if it's happening in class that the teacher will pretend it didn't just happen because it's very hard for teachers to admit that something went wrong in their class although all of us are in that feedback loop and in that noise and you know people with uh tetanus tinnitus how do you pronounce this people with that thing where your ears are ringing a lot of those people don't realize that it's happening it's happening throughout the day but they only will realize it for example when everything is completely quiet and i feel like that is the nature of a lot of our mental maladies so it of course the one time where it would be very clear to us would be the time when we're jumping off the ledge If your sadness feels endless please realize that that is not the nature of your sadness that is the nature of the universe and in that sadness in that hopelessness i swear to you if you're listening to this i mean you're probably not a child dying of hunger in syria you will find something if you're listening to this i can i i can promise you 
And may God strike me down if I fail on this promise. You know, may I be burned for a hundred years in, in the cold fire of hell. I promise you something different will happen. I can't promise that it'll be better, but I can promise that you're not the only one, that you will find people who feel just like you, and you both will feel that warmth of connection, of relatability, of kinship, the warm fire that can only be created when two sticks rub together. Was that too sexual? <laughs> but yeah, you, you kind of, you kind of deserve to be better. You kind of deserve happiness, and you're not entitled to it. But you deserve it one hundred percent, and that's the difference between knowing that you deserve something and feeling entitled, because entitlement demands it of other people, and knowing that you deserve it demands better of yourself. You are meant to be happy, I swear to you. There is no other reason that you're here. There are a lot of tragedies that will happen. And like I said at the start, don't, you know, it, it, it only makes it more important for us to owe it to ourselves, to not inflict some of them on our own. Unfortunately, like I know this is a, a sad thing, but unfortunately, it all comes down to what we're doing, to what we're thinking, to how we're thinking it. I wish I'd said this before, but I don't think I have. Uh, my friend Kirin said this thing that is as profound as it is simple and as usual. She put it really nicely. Kirin says nothing and no one is more scary than you are scared. And I would like to believe that she thought this after something that I said, which was that if you're afraid in your mind of something happening, then it doesn't matter what's actually happening, because that fear is now your reality, which is the nature of, you know, anxiety and depression. These feelings are lies. And if you're going through them, I want you to remember, I want you to know on some level, on some level know this, even if you think it doesn't help, please know that depression is lying to you, that anxiety is lying to you. These things can be very useful. In my case, depression has always like made me 50% less of an asshole. It's kind of, it's kind of kept me grounded. And fear is uh, sometimes also a very good bodily spidey sense kind of thing. But whatever isn't useful for you is bad for you. Whatever isn't helpful is, you know, is can be can be disregarded. So to that end, remember that depression, anxiety and fear are lying to you. And remember what Kiran says, nothing and no one is more scary than you are scared. kind of put in some silence there so you can kind of think about that. I'm very tempted a lot of the times to put in more silence in this podcast because, and I've mentioned this before, I try to model this podcast on 
some of the things that I've learned from meditation. You listen to the sounds. You realize that these sounds, you're not making them rise up, they arise of their own accord. And the same is with your thoughts. And how you can listen to the sounds and just let them pass by. You can do the same with your thoughts. You can't stop the waves from coming, but you can learn and you can exercise that muscle of choosing which waves to ride. Help is out there and help is in here. Help will be found within yourself. And I promise you this. You're not the only one. I will <laughs> I will break into your house <laughs> and smear this on the walls with my own blood. You're not the only one. And I'm not the only one. <laughs> Listen to that crow go in the background. Look at my boy proclaiming joy. All my friends are just birds and some trees. <laughs> but you know, we're all trees as well. Do you guys want a book recommendation? Please read On the Shortness of Life by Seneca. I think you should read On the Shortness of Life by Seneca, which is literally just a letter that he wrote to his friend. It's absolutely beautiful. You can find it online easily. You can find the ebook easily. I won't tell you what he says. I kind of wanted to read it on air, and I might at some point, but if I did, I would just be reading the entirety of it. But the amazing thing about it is that Seneca was born in, I think, 5 BC. Let that truck pass by because I'm respectful to the sounds. Seneca was born in like 5 BC and I think he lived to be 70. And so like when he was 5 was when Jesus came. So that's 2000 years ago. And yet there's a thing that he says, like in between, he mentions, he's talking about the futility of so many things that so many people do. And he says, for example, banquets. And in brackets he says, which counts as official business now. He wrote that in 50, in the year 50, right? And we're in the year 2018. You know when people say it's 2018 and we're still doing this shit? There has never been a more glaring example of this than the fact that Seneca wrote in like 50 AD that so many men are so focused on banquets, brackets, which count as official business now. And in 2018, everybody, like nobody is fucking stopping going on about networking. And aunties in the army. <laughs> that truck passed by, you know how in cartoons when somebody says a swear word, a truck passes by, that truck passed by like, don't say it, ho. Army is fighting for my life as I speak. I am ungrateful bitch. <laughs> it's 
not like my education was impacted by the fact that the budget that should have been used on training everybody equally and having a prosperous future for Pakistan was instead given to people for <laughs> to congratulate people for retiring and doing nothing again. You want cars? Here's a car. You want not to pay for anything? Here you go. Hey, boy, um, government uncle, I also need some money. What do you need money for? To study. <laughs> education is not a right, but education will only be given to people who deserve it. Do you deserve it? Are you getting a certain GPA? No? Get the fuck out of my university. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> the money that we're spending on you. We're not spending any money on you. You're spending money on me. But the money that is being spent could be spent in so much better ways. We could give a car to this guy. <laughs> Should I put a sticker on my webcam? Bye, digress. My point is, <laughs> my point is, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm not the only one looking at myself in my webcam. The ISI is as well. <laughs> and there is, there really is a flip side to what I'm saying when I say I'm not the only one. I know that there are people, I know that there is a whole new mood, which is just people saying, yeah, same, I want to die as well. I know I've addressed this a bunch of times, but you have to realize that a lot of these people are fine. They, ha they do not have the same things to lose as you do. Don't let it comfort you. Don't let... People who are getting good grades, don't let people with beautiful boyfriends and handsome girlfriends, don't let them tell you, yeah, you know, if I could kill myself, I would. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's not the same for them. These are not the people who are the same as you. These are the entitled people and for many of them their depression stems from their entitlement a lot of kids you will see crying in supermarkets because they're spoiled because they're rotten because they don't actually feel a sadness that comes from anything meaningful because they're not being neglected by their parents, it's because they've been given too much attention by their parents. And we all understand these things. I always say that we can learn a lot from the five first years of our lives. We can learn jealousy, we can learn a pure love. We can learn the unbounded nature of learning. We can learn the beauty of creativity and we can understand this kind of sadness just by looking at any kid that's like five or six years old. You have to realize this, that for a lot of people, this is just, it's, it's just a fucking meme to them. And you have 
to know this that your troubles your anxiety your depression your fear your illnesses are not a fucking meme you have to know this first and foremost you wouldn't accept it if somebody said it to you angrily you know it's the same as someone saying well then you should just fucking kill yourself somebody said that to you if somebody said that to you i would kill them for you right but if someone is like yeah you know i long for death it's the same thing as saying it because you're the person who feels it please this is a this is a a lot of us probably know this but if you don't know this like i was reading this gallup poll 80 to 90% of people consistently say that they're satisfied with their lives it stands to reason that 80 to 90% of these people would be the people on your facebook and twitter saying that they're not happy because it's easy to share the meme and it's you know it's easy uh suggestibility we're very receptive to suggestibility is what i'm trying to say you have to look out for yourself in a kind way in a way that acknowledges that you're not the only one and the third flip side to that which ties into this is that when you're not the only one there are other people with you for whom you mean something for whom you have a kind of a responsibility and i know responsibility is a scary word for our generation because we've had so much of it so unfairly just shat out on our shoulders but in this case the responsibility is just not to do dumb shit in a lot of cases we're just responsible for not doing one thing you know there's not something that we have to do it's just about what we don't have to do and what we shouldn't do and this is one of those things abdullah maimon a guy who i know wrote this very nice article and you can read it on medium.com and he said that people do not realize that one day lmao same might be the last message you send to someone all because your ego wouldn't let anyone take your self sympathy away there's a really bad like pain olympics going on i think mark manson going this term and it's and it's absolutely fucking terrible and it's actually easy i'm going to say something so revolutionary it's actually easy to break away from it it's very easy once you realize this to step away from it do not contribute to the cycle yourself and to realize that there is a cycle that's going on and to have no part of it that episode of invisibilia the podcast that i talked about the pattern problem reminded me of this fact that just realizing that there is a pattern is helpful and which is why we want to look for patterns because once you realize it's the head it's just easy to stop for many people the self is a strange loop for many people 
the cycle is what they believe that their life is, perhaps without even knowing it. And so, you know, you can realize it and snap out of it. It really is that simple. And it is simple, but it's hard. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not simple. That's the easy truth of it. The day you wake up will be the most beautiful day of your life. And it will happen again and again and again. Because we don't know just how much we're in the dream. And we don't know how much power we have over controlling it. And we will never know these things until we realize it for what it is. That we are like the dreamer who dreams and then lives inside the dream. We are like the spider. We weave our life and then move along in it. We live in the world that we have created. I think there's a lot more that I want to say, but I don't know if... Like, I feel like this is enough for you to get the message. If I stay here, just know that I love you guys so much. Also, when I say I love you guys, that's not an invitation for you to get weird with me on Instagram or Facebook, of course. <laughs> I didn't know where to fit this in, but uh, I read this thing in an article and I wrote this down. And it definitely connects to what I'm saying, but this is what I mean. There's like a long, longer conversation that I want to have. So let me just drop this. Uh, let me just quote this in here. Awe, A-W-E, awe leads to humility. It gets you outside yourself and puts your story in appropriate perspective as an instant in a very long saga or saga. The one we're all in together. I believe the author is Kathleen Harrison. She wrote this on Dowlin.info, which is a great website. The thing that I said a while ago about... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, about staying away from this bubble that seems only to exist, only to exacerbate your pain. David Wong, the same guy who wrote uh, the book that I recommended at the start of the podcast, John Dies at the End, he tweeted this thing, and let me, let me read these. Regular reminder that while there are plenty of people out there with anxiety and depression, much of comedy Twitter is doing... I welcome the planet-killing meteor, and I long for death as a bit. Bit means, you know, comedy skit. And that can be toxic for some. We all are influenced by peer moods slash signaling. Polls consistently show that 80-90% to of people say that they're satisfied with their lives. A skim of Twitter would make it sound like it's 0.1%, with the only positives being a handful of billionaires and politicians and celebrities, while everyone else is living in utter hell. The vast majority of this is the apocalypse talk is just a running joke, a performance. People saying things about how civilization is tipping toward oblivion will turn off the mics on their podcasts, then go have a lighthearted dinner with friends, and then play some Red Dead Redemption, which is a video game. The people saying these things mean well and want a better world, I guess, but they are also comfortable and well-fed and generally happy. Most people are. 
This doesn't mean your anxiety and or depression is invalid or a choice. It only means that a toxic environment can definitely make it worse. And worse than that, lots of us think of it as a virtue, like we're bravely showing solidarity for the miserable by joining them in their misery. But it actually doesn't work that way and never has, especially when the effort stops at projecting the misery. Now I know there are a lot of these types of assholes, and yes, you are assholes, who are listening to this and who won't get it. And fuck you, it's fine. But for my people who only feel worse because of these things, this is for you. Do not unwillingly add to it. And of course, to the assholes, hey, you can stop being an asshole at any given second. You know that, right? We are the things that we think and we are the things that we do. If we change the things that we do, the things that we think will change. And if we change the things that we think, the things that we do will change. We can be better. We can be nicer. And it will only come back around to ourselves. We can be less weird in a bad way. We can be more weird in a happy, open, comfortable, accepting way. We can compromise on the flaws and ills of society to better accommodate for people on a personal level. We can forgive to get forgiveness back for ourselves. We can forgive so that more people will be accepted and more people will feel less compelled to dish out that same pain to other people because we are not the only ones. You start to look like what you believe you float through time like a stream. The waters of time are made up by you and I. If you change the world for you, you change it for me. You start to